Welcome to the Dashboard Hunting Mentor Series, brought to you by the Western Huntsman Podcast. This series is for the new hunter, young and old, for those who seek to learn the foundations of this ancient yet relevant human pastime. It's not a hobby, it's a lifestyle. Our future depends on you and the choices you make. Now, bring on the adventure. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode of the Western Huntsman Podcast in this brand new series called Your Dashboard Hunting Mentor, and I am Jim Huntsman, your dashboard hunting buddy. So, we are going to kick this thing off. Before we do, I want to explain what this new series is and uh, get into what hunting is for uh, many of you new hunters. Uh, Noted, this is going to be um, not an explicit series, meaning... If you have tuned into my show in the past, you'll know that sometimes we use pretty foul language and it is probably not recommended for youngsters. However, in this series, I assure you it's going to be clean. It's going to be explicit free. It is going to be available to listeners of all ages. And uh, I just want to make that important point so that you can feel comfortable letting the kiddos tune in because this uh, is going to have a lot of really good information for those young hunters out there. Before we get into it, guys, if you don't mind, for those of you that have uh, tuned in before and, and are familiar with the show, uh, if you don't mind, I we're, we're kind of on this precipice as the show grows of where we sit download-wise and, and growth-wise and all these things, and, and it's kind of uh, my job as a host to help promote the show. And one of the ways that is pretty effective in doing that is asking our audience, you guys, if you don't mind sharing this episode or any other episode that you like uh, with somebody you know that you think would benefit from the information in the Western Huntsman podcast, um, make sure you're subscribed. Uh, that really helps with the, uh, I, I don't know, the algorithms or something. You guys know. <laughs> I don't really know anything about that kind of stuff. But if you guys are sharing the show with people, whether you're screenshotting the episode posts on Instagram and sharing them or sharing them on Facebook or uh, just taking an episode that you like on whatever platform you're listening on and texting that to friends um, and, and doing the, you know, subscribing when you're in like Apple podcasts and all, you know, iTunes or whatever, or Spotify, make sure you're subscribed. Uh, and lastly, make uh, writing reviews for the show. It all goes a long way. Well, like I said, we're kind of on this like precipice point with the show where we, uh, if we could continue to grow, uh, it's going to be really cool. It's going to be a really good thing. I'm going to turn something down on my soundboard here. There we go. That's going to sound a little better. Um, hopefully that helps. <laughs> I, I must've bumped that with my hand. Anyway, uh, your help with that guys goes a long ways and I really appreciate it. If you, if you enjoy what we do and the messages that we are, you know, trying to teach and, and share and expand upon and get everybody's feedback and, and grow basically the concept of protecting the future of hunting through this podcast and through other podcasts and shows and, uh, you know, folks out there fighting for it. It, it really goes a long way for us if uh, if you guys do that. Again, share, subscribe, and review. Uh, I'd really, really appreciate it. This first episode of this C- this series the the dashboard hunting mentor series is um you know if again if you guys know the show you know we do like the school of september series these those are bonus episodes on top of our regular uh, weekly episodes that uh, that we release and so 
the School of September series has done so well. Um, people are so receptive to this kind of stuff. I, I thought that it would be a good idea because nobody really does this to design a new series specific to new hunters. And it doesn't matter if you guys are brand new hunters or if you are uh, youth hunters, um, if you're adult onset hunters, uh, what some people like to call it. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's it's not going to be geared towards young or old or, or anything like that. It is just geared towards new hunters. The idea is this series is going to cover the next steps after completing hunter's education. Okay, because I think what happens is people go through hunter's ed, uh, you know, hunter safety, whatever, whatever you want to call it. And it's, it's more geared towards the safety aspect of it. It's geared towards, you know, how to cross a bar, barbed wire fence with a rifle. Uh, and, and you know, what some of the hunting regulations are in terms of, you know, what your, your bow needs to be set at poundage wise to be legal to hunt and, and, you know, following regulations and understanding gun safety and, and things along those, that nature. But, but what, what isn't widely available is really basic and foundational things that hunters, new hunters need to know, should know. Because you you jump into a lot of these podcasts, and, and my podcast is super guilty of this. Uh, we like like uh, I'll give you a great example in the School of September series. Uh, in the intro, it says elk hunting two zero one. So it's not elk hunting one hundred one. It's two zero one. It's kind of advanced stuff. It goes into deeper, broader things that new hunters may not quite understand. Some of the things that we're talking about because there's this assumption amongst a lot of podcasters out there and YouTube and, and some of these different resources that are available, even books. Um, you, you know, we, we don't know what you as a brand new hunter don't know. And I think that we skip past, there's like this gap of very foundational, basic things to more advanced hunting tactics and tips and strategies and things like that to notch tags. So what this series is about is about those foundational principles and those those very fundamental things that new hunters need to know, should know, and will make them better, more ethical hunters going forward. What's important about that is, and, and for, for the listener to understand, is we're not going to really cover a lot of tips and tactics in this series. It's not going to be about how to get a deer or how to, how to be a better bear hunter or, or something along those lines. That said, you will get a lot of information from this series that is going to talk about that. This is going to be more about instead of how to kill a deer, how to get the most out of your deer hunt, if that makes sense. And and we're going to we're going to talk. You'll, you'll see as I, I go through some of the topics through this series, uh, we are going to talk about some foundational deer hunting principles and things like that that, that are going to help you. If, you. if you don't know anything about deer hunting, uh, those episodes are going to be really, really helpful for you. So that's kind of what is th- th- this series is going to be covering. Uh, sometimes there's going to be a guest on these episodes. Sometimes there's not going to be a, a guest. Um, one of the things that I like to talk about when it comes to being a hunter is understanding where your level of expertise starts and ends. And so what I mean by that is if in some of these episodes, if I don't feel like my expertise level is there, I'm going to pull in a guest. Because I, I, you have to understand as a hunter what your limitations are, and and I'm very, 
um, I, I guess, open to that or or aware of that, cognizant of that because of, you know, some of my attitudes when I was young and in my 20s where I thought I knew everything and it, and it messed me up as a hunter. It, it made me a worse hunter because I just thought I knew things that I really didn't know. And so what I'm going to do is, is when I, when I get to topics where I feel like I don't have an, a, a, you know, a, I guess a, an understanding deep enough to teach others about, I'm going to pull in a guest that does, and that's going to help you and, uh, and, and all that kind of stuff. So we are, we are going to, we're going to, we're going to be getting into a lot of that here in just a moment. So bear with me. I'm pulling up my, uh, my notes here. Okay. So I want to cover real quick the uh, the episodes that we're going to cover in this so you guys kind of know what to expect as we we go along here um this one is called the this is the first ser- this is the first episode in the series sorry <laughs> i'm reading as i'm talking here we all know that doesn't work very well uh this this first episode is going to be on choosing to hunt kind of your why why are you going to get into hunting um the next episode we're going to talk hunting ethics Hunting ethics is a very important topic, and I do not. I well, let me put it to you this way: I hope you don't miss that one. If you're a if you're a new hunter, the discussion around ethics and being an ethical hunter and a respectful hunter, both towards non-hunters and other hunters, fellow hunters, it's a super important thing. It, it will it will make or break your hunting career. In fact, I, I will make a bold statement like that. <laughs> uh, episode three. We'll be kind of based around hunting gear and weapon choices, and um, you're going to be surprised as to what I have to say about that, because it's not going to be an episode on hunting gear and weapons like you think it might be. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Number four, basic woodsmanship and knowledge. Um, Folks, good hunters know woodsmanship, and they have knowledge about the woods and the mountains and the terrain that they hunt in. Five, understanding hunting as a conservation tool. This is going to be an important topic in a sense that there's there's a lot of ways to learn about how that applies to being a good hunter and an ethical hunter and a good woodsman and a responsible hunter. All that all that kind of stuff is going to tie in because there's a there's a lot of resources out there where you could learn that information in a very boring way. I'm gonna I'm gonna de boring it if that makes sense and and just kind of break it down to a fundamental basic understanding of, of why hunting is a critical piece to our conservation efforts in North America. Uh, six, this is where we're going to get into some of the stuff. Some of you guys might really like if you've never deer hunted or turkey hunted or anything like that, where six is going to be foundational mule deer hunting for your Western hunters. Uh, my people, uh, seven foundational whitetail hunting, eight foundational turkey hunting. So here's why I grouped those three together. In my very humble opinion, um, I find that understanding the basic principles of deer and turkey hunting will apply to the more advanced hunting species out there. Um, being a good deer hunter will make you a better elk hunter. Being a good turkey hunter will make you a better bear hunter. Uh, not relationally you know, specific to those things, but what I am saying is those if if you could become proficient at hunting deer it's a great foundational stepping stone to every other hunt out there and you know this is coming from somebody guys as i'm recording this i'm i'm 41 years old i've been hunting since i can remember i i i have been always 
it's just been part of my life for forever. There, there was no entry point for me. It was introduced as I was a very young kid. Uh, I've been shooting guns since I was a little kid. Um, you know, I, I, I then went into the military where I had some, uh, more advanced training on, on guns and, and, you know, ballistics and things like that, uh, that, that we can get into. Again, this series isn't so much about that, but I'm trying to give you just an understanding or an idea of who's talking at you here. Um, I've been hunting all my life. I have done fairly well with with deer. Uh, I have done okay with other species. I am not somebody you would look to as, you know, a, a very successful every year I notch every single tag kind of guy. I'm certainly not one of those. I'm a real hunter that has real struggles. And uh, there have been more unnotched tags in my career than there has been notched tags. However, that said, what I have found is I have truly learned how to learn how to hunt. And I want to share that information with you new hunters out there. Um, Okay, ninth episode, we'll be preparing for your hunt. Things like e-scouting, how to get tags, planning for your hunt, um, putting together, you know, a basic roadmap of how your hunting season is going to go is going to be very critical for, for, uh, those of you getting started in this, uh, episode number 10 is going to be gutting, skinning, meat care, butchering, cooking, all the things that, uh, after the shot is fired and that, uh, that tag is notched, it's important to know that stuff. And I think a lot of hunters go into the new hunters go into the field without knowing any of that kind of information, um, and a lot of meat gets spoiled. A lot of hides get ruined. Um, you know, it, it's, th- this is going to, this is going to prevent that. It's going to save your meat. It's going to save you money, uh, things, things along those lines. So I'm really looking forward to that one. So episode 11 is going to be super unique. I haven't set it up yet, but I am going to have a phone number for new hunters to call and ask questions throughout this series. Um, is what it's going to be is uh, I'm going to have this phone number set up so that it basically just goes straight to voicemail and anybody can call in and ask a question that they would like me to answer uh, regarding hunting and getting into hunting and, and what to do here, scenario questions, whatever you guys want. It's it's like an ask me anything episode for new hunters. So I will have that number set up by the time we release the next episode. Uh, I just, I don't have that set up yet. But anyway, point is, I don't care if you're eight years old or 28 years old or 78 years old. If you have a question uh, that you would like, and what I'll do is I will play your voicemail on the episode and I will respond to it. So that should be pretty interesting and a lot of fun. Number 12 and the kind of the final episode is going to be centered around representing hunter. I'm sorry, representing hunting as a hunter. This is going to be an important and critical episode because if, if you don't know, if you're brand new to hunting and this is something you don't know, uh, we have somewhat of an uphill battle in terms of our future as hunting. And that's one of the reasons I started this, this podcast in the beginning a few years back was developing and creating kind of a coalition to be prepared to take on some of the challenges that we're going to face as hunters as, as we go into the future. There's places like in Europe where they have flat out banned public land hunting, uh, or I'm sorry, it's not really, it's hard to explain. I don't want to get all into that with this episode, but basically in Europe, they have a very difficult time hunting. It's, it's not like it is here where we can go, 
you know, many places we can run down to Walmart, buy a deer tag and go deer hunting. Um, it's not like that or everywhere in the world. It's very restricted. It's very limited. Uh, there is like no bow hunting in England, uh, or the, uh, I'm sorry, the United Kingdom. I don't know how they prefer. Uh, we, we say that. I, I don't know. I'm not European, so <laughs> bear with me. Um, so th- th- the point is, is we do have a future to protect and that protection is going to start with you. Many of us have been hunting a long time and we have been in this fight for a long time, but it's, it's up to our new generation and, and our new hunters out there to join us as we protect hunting. And I'm going to explain a little bit more on that later. So I got a question for you guys. Um, listening to this, why get started in hunting? Why, why do you want to be a hunter? And this is a very serious question. And I really want you to think about that. I, I want you to think about what is your motivation to get into hunting? I'll give you some examples. A lot of people start hunting as, as a family pastime. And, and that's kind of where I got started. It, it was a family thing. It's just something my family has always done. Um, I grew up in the West where we hunted, uh, you know, some of these Western big game animals uh, to, to waterfowl, to upland game birds, a lot of fishing. Um, and, and it was just, it's part of who I am because it's, it's just always been, right? And that's why I'm so passionate about it. It's not the same for every, everybody. A lot of people, uh, especially recently, I've, I've noticed have been getting into hunting because of the, the health of the meat. Uh, wild game meat is extremely healthy. It is very, it's very much organic. It is uh, not pumped full of hormones and steroids and some of the things you get uh, from, from commercial meat. Uh, so, so the meat, the health part, uh, a lot of people will argue that it is a cheap way to get meat. Um, I would argue that. <laughs> you, could, you can make it that way. You, you can make it that way, but there is kind of an expense, uh, you know, an entry point expense. And once you get to that point, I, I suppose it can be cheap. Uh, but, uh, you know, for us, for, for my family, the, the meat part, you know, we, I, I would say we spend a lot less at the grocery store because our freezer has a lot of wild game meat in it. Uh, so that part's nice, but it doesn't offset the balance of what I spend sometimes on you know, a new bow or a new rifle. Uh, so you got to take all that into consideration. Uh, some people get into hunting for the adventure, uh, because that is, that is part of a, a need as, as humans, we need that adventure. We need that something to fulfill our souls outside of normal life, especially those of us that may live in big cities or like urban areas where it's harder to get that natural nature field adventure in our life. Uh, that ties into one of the other reasons, primal fulfillment. Hunting is as whole, it is as old as humans. And I'll talk about that a little bit more uh, later on. But hunting is, is as old as human beings. And so it is a primal thing. And you heard me say in the intro that, uh, you know, it, it, it's this ancient yet still relevant thing. And, and it, that's, I, I think, an important thing for new hunters to understand. Hunting is still very much a relevant thing. The meat is healthy. It fulfills our souls. And it provides a very effective conservation tool through the North American model of wildlife conservation, which we'll talk about in a later episode. But it is a conservation tool. We have millions and millions of white-tailed deer because of hunters. Okay, We have millions of elk because of hunters. 
We have millions of turkeys because of hunters. These are things that were close to extinction a little over 100 years ago. It is not anti-hunters that uh, that made that relevant or, or made that happen. It is it is hunters that made that happen. So, again, all for another episode. Some people get into hunting for the challenge. Um, that, that's, and that's, that's a relevant thing. Um, if, if you like a challenge, hunting will certainly deliver on that. Uh, I, I, I like to stress that if, if it's like just for that reason, make sure that the meat is also tied into there as well. Um, and then the other one, the last one I could think of, there might be some other ones. If you guys have other ones, you know, feel free to email me, by the way, throughout this whole series. I'm, I'm at, uh, Jim at the Western Huntsman.com. Uh, if you have anything you'd like to add to that, I'm, I'm certainly ears, uh, living close to the land. I, I say that I use that saying, uh, so, so somebody named Clay Newcomb has, uh, an, a podcast called bear grease. And I, I really like the way that he talks about it's a, it's a podcast about those who live close to the land, because I've been saying something along those lines for a long time. He just articulates it a lot better. If you are one of those people that want to kind of revert back to what is proven and live close to the land and experience nature on a whole new level. Uh, this hunting thing is going to be for you. I talk about a lot of that in, uh, I am actually writing a book. I'm, I'm working on a book and it's going to be, it's, it's more about protecting hunting, you know, going into the future as hunters and, and what we need to do, uh, to, to make sure it's there for our, our kids and grandkids and, and uh, future generations. Um, one of the things I talk about is this, 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 uh, kind of topic of living close to the land and, and becoming almost reverting back to what has proven that, that works and is effective, uh, both to the human soul and to the, the health of our animals and our wildlife. Um, so anyway, kind of a side topic there. I want to ask you, you know, reasons why you wouldn't get into hunting because there's a couple of them and, and this is serious stuff. Um, and it's, it's going to relate to both our future of hunting, uh, our, our wildlife populations, uh, you know, all of that, it's, it's going to be applicable to all of that. You don't want to get into hunting just to kill things. And I say that I'm not, I'm not like a psychologist and I'm not going to sit around and try to pretend I know what I'm talking about on these lines, but there are some people out there that just want to kill things. And that's not what hunting is. In fact, I'll tell you, Many of you listening to this as brand new hunters have probably never killed a big game animal. Uh, maybe you've maybe you've been fishing and you know I've seen death on that level. But hunting does lead to the killing of wild animals, and it's a very primal thing and it's a very natural thing. There's a quote out there. Ah, I, I I'm I'm going to mess it up. I don't remember who said it. It was a Native American chief. Uh, that, that talks about when, when you kill a moose, it is not the hunter that kills the moose. However powerful be the bow, it is nature that kills the moose. Okay. And that what, what he's meaning with that is killing is just part of nature as a hunter. It is a natural cycle. It's what has been since, since the dawn of time and human beings have been on the planet and other species before us, killing is just a part of nature. That means that it is kind of a side step, if you will, 
to the end result, which is a freezer full of meat. What I mean by that, uh, to expand on that without complicating it, because I I tend to complicate it sometimes uh, on this kind of a philosophical side, um, is when when you're a hunter and you, let's say you kill a deer, the, the actual killing part is kind of a smaller part of the entire experience because hunting, hunting is such a holistic thing. It, it involves many different elements, many different things that all come together to this one little event where an animal dies. But that's only the, the, the medium point, the median point, because you do all the work and you learn all the things and you put in all the time and all the effort to get to the point where you release an arrow or pull a trigger and an animal dies. That's your medium point. From there, the real work begins. I shouldn't say real work because it's real work to get to that point. <laughs> so I don't want to discount that. It's a lot of work. And I don't care if you're, you're pheasant hunting or, or uh, elk hunting in the back country. Uh, it's a lot of work to get to that point. But now you got this animal laying dead on the ground. You're notching a tag on it. Now a different kind of work begins. You've got to skin it out. You've got to you've got to quarter it out or or gut it. What whatever you know. It, this is going to be super. We'll get into all that later. Where it's circumstantially wherever you're at. Um, you know if you're if you're on a small private uh, family farm in Tennessee hunting whitetail, uh, the 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 process of getting that meat back to the freezer is going to be way different than a, a, uh, you know, a, a 800 pound bull elk 10 miles into the back country. So again, we'll get, we'll get into all that, but that, that is, that is the medium point. The killing is the medium point. Everything else happens after that. That is the harvest. That's where you get the meat to the freezer. That's where you get your antlers to the wall. That's where you get the memories and the stories to tell. So th- that's what I'm talking about in, in a sense of don't, the, the reason to get into hunting is not to kill things. The killing thing is just a, a result of, of what it is. And it is the, the goal because you can't achieve the, the overall goal of filling your freezer. Whoops, I bumped the mic. Sorry about that. Um, filling the freezer without the killing part. But if you're just one of those people that you just want to shoot things and kill things, hunting isn't for you. It's really not. I, I, we don't, we need new hunters. We need fresh blood. We don't need people that are just going to get in it just to kill things because you're going to have a more negative impact on the image of hunting. Uh, and it, it would be better for us to keep the numbers that we have and not get people like that in. I, I hope that is making sense, folks. I, ho- I hope I hope that's making sense. Another reason, another reason not to get into hunting, and this is kind of a newer trend from the last 10 years, ago, uh, 10 years or so. Um, you know, we're recording this. It is, um, I'm recording this on June 2nd, 2022. <laughs> I can't believe it's 2022. Anyway, it is. I'm old. Um, we don't get into hunting to gain a social media following or become like a, you know, an influencer or whatever they call that, that, that is an inappropriate reason to be a hunter. It's an inappropriate reason to notch tags and kill animals and, and get, you know, all these things that we're going to talk about. Hunting isn't for social media. It's okay to use social media along with your hunting. I, I mean, I do, 
But I sometimes question if, I shouldn't say that, I, I am troubled sometimes at the way that hunting is, is periodically portrayed on social media. And, and it gives people the sense that they're out there killing animals for the sole purpose of posting a grip and grin on Instagram or Facebook. It's troubling. Um, that is that is not why we hunt. We don't hunt for uh, fame, fortune, uh, likes, shares, tweets, whatever. We th- th- that is not why we hunt. Again, I'm not I'm not throwing rocks at social media in a sense of if you're a hunter and you want to share your passion on social media, that's one thing. But to utilize hunting as a as a stepping stone or a tool to build a social media following, we don't want you. We, we don't need you. We don't want you. Again, just like the people that just want to kill things, you're going to shine a negative light on hunting that is going to be more detrimental to the future of hunting than if you just stayed away. We need fresh blood. We need new hunters. We need we need to fill the ranks as as older hunters start kind of moving out of it into retirement or whatever. Um, we, but that said, we need the right blood. We need the right kind of people with the right mindset. People that are responsible. People that are ethical. People that, sure, we like to share a grip and grin on on our social media pages every once in a while. But that is not why we hunt. I hope that makes sense. I think that um i think you guys will understand that and it's an important part so the point is 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 why ask yourself why you're getting into hunting is it for the right reason is it is it for the right motivation what is your goal what is your end game because eh, you know i'm going to rephrase that <laughs> guys there uh guys and girls there there is no end game when it comes to hunting in terms of an ending point Hunting is just an ever ongoing march towards the next season. And I want, I want people to understand that because there's a few different kinds of hunters out there for, for you new hunters. There's a few different kinds of hunters out there. There's, there's the, what I call the casual hunter. And, and, and by the way, before I get into that, there is no right or wrong with these. It just, it just is what it is. Uh, There's nothing wrong with being any one of these, but there, there's kind of your casual hunter out there. This is the kind of person that is, um, you know, interested in hunting and would love to have some, you know, say venison in the freezer um, and and maybe a set of antlers on the wall. This doesn't make this individual a trophy hunter. Uh, by the way, antlers on the wall are a, a great positive way to express your both your passion and the memory of that animal. So... Um, there's a casual hunter. This is this is somebody who, you know, they'll they'll get a deer tag maybe once a year, maybe once every few years, and they'll spend a weekend or two out there. Uh you know, and maybe they'll have a, a family deer hunting camp set up and um it's just not super important to them. They don't spend a lot of time in the off season getting ready for it. Uh but they enjoy going out and when it when it is deer season. It's fun to get out there and, and try the best they can. And sometimes they'll get a deer. Uh, most of the time they won't. And, and that's that once, once deer season is over or hunting, whatever hunt they're on, uh, maybe it's a turkey hunt. They go back home and they get on with life and, and, uh, they don't really think about hunting until the next year. Guys, there's nothing wrong with that. That's a, that's a casual hunter. 
Um, and I know a lot of people that are like that. Uh, they, they put no thought into hunting uh, throughout the rest of the year. And that's okay. There, there's nothing wrong with that. Another type of hunter is you have, I don't, I don't want to use the phrase fanatical, um, but there is kind of a sense of fanaticism or however you pronounce that. <laughs> so, I mean, if you're new to listening, you're going to learn that I like to mispronounce words. I don't like to, I just do. I mispronounce them and, uh, you know, whatever it is, what it is. Um, there, there's the, the lifestyle hunter. I, I, and that's, I think what, what I category I would fall into. And a lot of people that I know fall into a lifestyle hunter is somebody who makes hunting a lifestyle in a sense that we live for it. We, we eat, drink, sleep, and hunt. And, and what I mean by that is when it's not a hunting season, we're thinking about, we're prepping, we're preparing, we're planning, we're uh, gearing up, exercising, all the things, getting ready for the next season. There is no off season. And that's not just a tagline for us. It is our lifestyle. Hunting is our lifestyle. We generally start in the spring and there is like a, like I'll, I'll give you my year, for example. Uh, spring turkey starts and I start doing that. And then I roll right into a spring bear hunt and spring bear hunting goes uh, usually into June. And then July and August, not a lot happens for me. I know there are some, uh, a lot of folks that go, you know, they antelope or pronghorn hunting in August or some of the earlier deer, um, like, like, for example, in Utah, uh, the, the deer and elk seasons open in like mid August. Um, and, and I know that happens in other places as well. So there's that part of it. Um, and then, so elk season will start for me around August or I'm sorry, September. And I will hunt very hard in September. I generally am 20 to 30 days of hard hunting in, in September. Uh, October rolls around and that's generally where I will spend a lot of time chasing high country mule deer. And then November rolls around. I am generally trying to find a big monster whitetail that is running and maybe filling a bear tag if I haven't gotten a bear yet. Uh, you know, that's kind of my plan in my head, right? Um, waterfowl will usually kick in then. A lot of people are going waterfowl hunting. I'll usually do a little bit of upland game bird hunting. Uh, in the winter months, I spend, you know, from December through March doing a lot of coyote hunting, predator hunting, uh, that kind of thing. I'm, I'm actually, as we're recording this, I'm about three weeks out from attending a trapping class where I'm going to be a, a certified trapper and I'm going to start trapping during the winter. I've never done that at uh, any great extent. So I'm really looking forward to that. So you get my, you get the point. During those months that I'm not hunting, I'm preparing to hunt. I'm doing a podcast about it. I'm talking to other hunters. I'm I'm scouting for new areas. I'm trying to set uh, a standard of what my expectations are. And this is something we're going to talk about in this series is, as a hunter, you want to know what your expectations are. What do you want to get out of it? And so that's your lifestyle hunter. That, that's kind of what I am. Hunting is a year-round thing for me. It's just, it's always part of my life. Yes, I have a day job. I, I do that. Uh, yes, I have, uh, I, I am married with kids and my kids are a big part of my hunting now. Uh, they're, they're old enough now where they're going with me quite a bit and there is a pretty good chance you're going to hear from them during this series uh, about what their thoughts are on starting, uh, starting out as a new hunter. So that's kind of where we sit. We have, you have your casual hunter, you have your lifetime 
or lifestyle hunter is what I call it. Uh, that's just my term. I, yes, other people might call it something else. And then you kind of have your, your folks in between. They, um, I, I know people like this where they're super enthusiastic and passionate about hunting one year. And then the next year, they're just kind of not into it that much. And then the next year, they're they're into it again. They're like a lifestyle hunter. And then for two years after that, they're just kind of, maybe they got into fly fishing, which is awesome. If you don't fly fish or, or do any kind of fishing, fishing is a great tie into hunting, okay? And it's a great supplemental way to fill that space in between hunting seasons. Uh, I love fishing and, and I'm not I'm not particular about it. I will fly fish and I'll drown night crawlers. I, I'll do any kind of fishing. I love fishing. Um, but I, I don't prioritize fishing over hunting where I have seen people prioritize fishing over hunting and that is totally fine. And they'll do that for a few years. And then all of a sudden they're passionate about elk hunting for the next five years or something like that. So that's, that's your in-between hunter. All, all, all three of those are necessary for the future of hunting and the growth of our hunting numbers. And there's nothing, there's absolutely nothing wrong with any of those categories. I love them all. And so you got to kind of determine what do you want to get out of hunting? What, why, a, why are you getting into it? And what do you want to get out of it? You're going to, you're going to get out of hunting what you put into it. It's kind of like, I, I hate to use like a sports metaphor, but that's what I, I remember. That's what uh, my coaches used to say when I was in high school, you're going to get out of it, what you put into it. Right. And, and hunting is very much along those lines. You really want to understand what your level of expectation is and, and what your goal is so that you could formulate how much time, effort, money, gear, and, and commitment you want to put into hunting. It's going to be a great thing for you. If you don't have that aligned with your mindset in terms of knowing what your expectations and, and what your goal and what you want to get out of hunting, you're going to kind of spin your wheels a lot and it's going to frustrate you. So, so make sure you think about that before the next episode, think about why you're getting into hunting or why you've chosen already to get into hunting and, and what you hope to get out of it now, five years from now, 20 years from now, a lot of you youngsters listening, uh, maybe you're 10 years old and you're thinking about why you want to get into hunting or, or why you're about to go on your first deer hunt, or maybe you've already been on one and you should start thinking about. Why do you love this so much? Why are you so excited about it? What do you want to get out of it? It's a very important question. So, like I told you before, hunting is as old as humans. Uh, Many of you already know um, there are what we call anti-hunters out there, and they're going to argue that hunting is cruel and unnecessary. Folks, they're wrong. They're very wrong. Responsible hunting is conservation. Where hunting is not conservation is where people take advantage of our wildlife or take more of our wildlife than what is slated by the fish and game agencies. Hunting out of season, hunting uh, illegally with an illegal method of take, all of that is kind of uh, shaken into the same basket called poaching. We don't do that. Hunters are not poachers. Poachers are not hunters. There's a very distinct line between hunting and poaching. And it doesn't matter if you agree or disagree with your fish and game agency about a certain law or regulation that they've set. It is set for a reason. 
like it, hate it, agree, disagree. It is set for a reason. And what separates hunters from poachers are the people that follow those rules and regulations. And here's why. Here's why that's important, guys. If if there is a, a hunting regulation that you don't like, and so you choose to not follow it, what happens is those build up, those circumstances build up. It shines a bad light on all hunters, and it makes it so the, the fishing game agencies feel that more laws and regulations have to be passed to prevent people from breaking them. It's a complicated thing, and I'm trying to explain it as best as I, I, I can. But following the laws that are in place will prevent frivolous or new laws or new regulations from coming up further restricting hunters in the future. It also bolsters those who hate hunting and want hunting to end in North America. It bolsters their argument when we don't follow fish and game laws. It gives them a platform to stand on, to shout to those out there that are non-hunters that hunting is bad because everybody's poaching. Here's why. Does this make sense? I hope, I hope this is, I, 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 I'm articulating this in the, in the right kind of way. We don't want to bolster those who hate hunting's argument. So it's really important that we follow the laws and the regulations set by your local fishing game agency. And it's also important. Um, one of the one of the most fun things you could do is is to get you an out of state tag and go go to a new place and 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 find yourself in a new adventure. When you do travel to other states to hunt or other province uh, up in Canada, um, you want to know the laws and regulations there. Study them, know them. Don't be caught off guard, and don't poach because it's it's going to negatively impact. Always think of hunting in that light. Is is what I am about to do going to have a negative impact on the future of hunting? That's how I always like to look at it. It does. Is 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 the move I'm about to make, whether it's pulling a trigger or driving onto uh, private land and without permission, you know, trespassing, um, you know, corner crossing. I I hate the law in some of the states that have these checkerboard style lands that uh, it's illegal to, to cross from one piece of public to another piece of public land. And uh, you can't do that. It's a dumb law. Would I do it? No, because it's a law. That's kind of what I'm talking about. You have to represent yourself as a honor with ethics and understand that everything you do has a reaction. And what you want is a positive reaction because the negative reactions will be picked up by the people that hate hunting and they will use it as propaganda against us and against our cause. And that is going to, I guess this is a great segue point, tie into how I see uh, the, the population in North America in terms of of hunting and non-hunting and anti-hunting. There's three groups. You have hunters, which is what you are. You have anti-hunters. These are people that are fanatical about ending hunting. They hate hunting. They think it's bad. They're misguided, confused, 
and they don't have the factual information to give them a reasonable understanding of what hunting is. What they use is emotion to make this determination. That's that group. Hunters on one side are roughly about 5% of the population of North America. The anti-hunters on the other side are roughly 4 to 5% of the population. It's the 90% in between that we need to be very aware of because we don't want them going into the anti-hunting pile. And if you poach or break laws or bust regulations and don't conduct yourself in a, in a responsible and ethical way as a hunter, you're going to push more of those 90% into that anti-hunting uh, pillar, which will bleed into a larger population. And that is how we lose hunting. That's basically a lot of what's happened in Europe. This is why there's very little hunting in Europe. Okay, enough of that. We'll, we'll, we'll get into a lot of that stuff in, in uh, other episodes. I, I tend to go on a rant here. Uh, so, uh, again, uh, t- tying in, I'm just going through my notes here. Becoming, be- becoming a hunter comes with a big responsibility. That's a lot of what we were talking about. Uh, the responsibility is you got to be careful with, like, what you share on social media. Uh, don't post pictures that are, you know, ugly and uh, just bloodbaths and, and things that will turn non-hunters off. Um, post clean pictures. And, and, and tell the story behind it, uh, versus just look what I killed, share the, share the experience, the adventure behind it. And, and the, the thankfulness that you have, you should, you should have as a hunter, you should be very thankful, uh, for the harvest that you have and the meat that you're going to be putting in your freezer. Uh, responsibility comes with following those laws and regulations that we were just talking about. Responsibility comes with safety. Uh, safety is a big, important topic or aspect of hunting, um, because if you're not safe, there will not be hunting in the future. <laughs> not because somebody's going to outlaw it either. Hunting is, um, very dangerous. There are a lot of things that come in terms of responsibility as a hunter understanding gun safety, knowing where your muzzle's pointed, understanding how dangerous a, uh, fall thunderstorm can be in the mountains, understanding how dangerous a steep cliff can be, understanding how dangerous, uh, black widow, timber is in camping in a tent amongst dead trees, things like that. Uh, again, this is stuff we'll, we'll get into uh, later on, but uh, th- th- it's a responsibility. So I want to leave you guys with this. What makes a great hunter? Because you listening to this are either somebody who's just listened to the show and they, um, for some reason, want to hear my voice in this episode, <laughs> but are an experienced hunter. And, and maybe actually, I'm glad you guys are. If you, if, if you are one of those listening and tuning in and, and you have some ideas or input you'd like to offer on this, these episodes, please email me, shoot me an email at Jim at the Western huntsman.com. I'd love to hear from you. But if you're listening to this as a new hunter and, or a youth hunter, brand new, uh, you guys are just getting your, your, your feet wet in this wonderful thing called hunting. I'm sure the question is always on your mind. What makes a good hunter? And I'll tell you, this is what I have found. Good hunters are ethical, first and foremost. They're ethical hunters. They are honest. They are proficient. They are mindful of other hunters. They're respectful toward other methods of take. For new hunters, methods of take means how you are choosing to kill that wild game. 
So a method, one method of take, one of my favorites is bow hunting. Bow hunting is a method of take. Uh, rifle hunting, that is a method of take. There's And, and then the, those have like subcategories that break down, like um, what kind of rifle, what kind of caliber, what kind of scope, uh, what kind of arrow are you shooting? You know, all those are methods of take. It's a, it's a big, big basket of stuff that we can unpack if you, if you guys really want to. But ethical, that's, uh, that's my number one for, uh, for what makes a great hunter. Uh, good hunters are proficient. I said that in the last one. Uh, proficient meaning they are good marksmen, whether they're shooting with a bow or a rifle or a muzzleloader or a crossbow or throwing a spear. It doesn't matter. You're not going out there and it's the first time you're pulling the trigger on something. You are proficient with your weapon. You are proficient with the species and a basic understanding of how they behave and where they where they live, what their habitat, what they eat. You are proficient with that. Knowledgeable, uh, hunter. Good hunters are knowledgeable. They're they're knowledgeable about their weapons. Uh, again, this is a little redundant, but good hunters are knowledgeable about the species they are hunting. Let's say you want to be an elk hunter. A good elk hunter knows where elk live. They know when elk breed. They know when bull elk are bachelored up in bull only groups. They know where the cows like to spend the summer and the winter. They know what types of food is available in different elevations and different habitats throughout the year. They understand behaviorally how elk communicate with each other and how, how elk move and share information with each other to keep them as a herd safe. Good hunters know that kind of stuff. And there's a lot of resources out there to learn that. A good hunter. What makes a good hunter consistent? Good hunters are very consistent in what they do. They learn what works and they stick to it with in a sense of having that open mind that if things change, dynamics change, herd dynamics, or I'm I'm sorry, not herd dynamics. <laughs> this isn't biology. Um, you know, what, what animals may be pushed out of what area, you, you know, consistent with, I guess, common sense. You're consistent with how much you practice, you're consistent with how much you shoot, you're consistent with how much scouting you do. You you build upon all these consistencies and do these same things. Okay? Hunters, good hunters, they are committed in a very holistic way. What I mean by that is hunters are committed to hunting season and they're committed to the hunting community outside of hunting season. So a great way to do this is find foundations and organizations that are near and dear to your heart. What what is important to you? What is personally what you consider your hunting ethic? For I'll give you a great example. For me, I really like wildlife management and I, I like sound science practices based in actual science and wildlife management uh, things that, that have been proven. Not theory, not emotion, not any of that. And so for me, I like groups like the Foundation for Wildlife Management, uh, which is a group that helps wolf hunters succeed to keep our wolf numbers down and in check so that they don't wipe out our elk herds because all species are important. I love elk hunting. So groups like the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation are are important to me and the Mule Deer Foundation, um, you know, all these different groups. Those are important to me. I like... Uh, I, I'm on the board of the Idaho Wildlife Federation. 
Um, they, they do great things for, for uh, wildlife management and, and habitat and things along those, that, you know, along those lines, I'm trying to, I'm trying to hurry and I don't know why there's no reason to rush these episodes, but that commitment will tie into everything. It'll tie into how you treat other hunters. You are committed to hunters as a community. So you're going to treat other hunters with respect. Um, outdoorsmen fall into this thing that we are talking about. So when I'm describing hunters, I want other outdoorsmen to understand that that includes them. That means houndsmen, trappers, fishermen. Um, when we pursue wild game, I, I, for, for the sake of simplicity throughout the series, I'm meaning hunters as all outdoorsmen. When I say the term hunters, um, we dedicate time uh, both hunting and protecting hunting were, uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm still on the committed uh, pillar here. Uh, the, the the time in the off season to protect the future of hunting, you know, supporting groups like the Sportsman's Alliance or Blood Origins. Uh, those are what good, consistent hunters do. And uh, what makes a great hunter? Um, spend time hunting. Did you notice in that, in that, uh, that list, I didn't say what makes a great hunter is somebody who notches a tag Every time they go out, that is not what makes a great hunter. That is really not what makes a great hunter. Great hunters enjoy the entire experience from buying a tag to filling up a freezer and everything in between. You know, I can tell you that some of the hunts, some of my most memorable, funnest, craziest hunts I've been on, I didn't even kill anything. I came home empty-handed, and yet they are some of my most memorable hunts. It's not always about that. So, guys, I really appreciate you guys tuning into this episode. I, ha- I have a lot of fun doing this kind of stuff, and I, I think it's important stuff, and I-, I hope that you get as much out of it as you possibly can. And, and again, this is going to be like a conversational series in a sense that I want the interaction. If you If you have questions, if you have ideas... You know, again, Jim at the Western Huntsman.com is my email. Send me emails. Uh, let me know what you're thinking, what questions you have. I will soon have this all set up um, so that I can give you guys a phone number. So for that, I, I believe it was the 11th episode. You guys can call and leave your voicemails that I'll play on that. And we'll we'll have that conversation as those come in. Um, so that's that's basically a wrap. The only other thing I want to leave you with. As, as a brand new hunter, we've talked about how it's a responsibility. Um, there, there is a, there is an ethic that you have to figure out. Uh, welcome to the world of hunting. Welcome to this community. Uh, we are glad that you're here. If, if you're, if you're one of us, we're, we're glad that you're here. We need more hunters. We need more representatives of this sport or lifestyle, however you want to describe it. But I'm, I'm glad you're here. And I'm going to give you the best hunting tip secret that I ever got as, as I was learning hunting. And it actually will surprise you. It wasn't a, well, <laughs> long time for a 41 year old might be a lot different than say a 15 year old, but, um, wasn't that long ago about, you know, just under a decade ago that I got this tip and this is the best hunting advice I ever got. And I'm going to leave you with it right now free of charge (laughs) time in the field is what notches more tags than anything 
Hunters who spend time in the woods are the ones that consistently harvest animals. Time is your best teacher, and it increases your chances of finding wild game and puts you in more circumstances where you and the the animal of your choice that you are after will cross trails. I hope that you think about what I'm what I'm getting at there. Because so many young hunters or new hunters start and they think that one or two weekends is going to consistently notch tags and they go out and they can't find the deer. They didn't do any scouting. They didn't do any prep work. They didn't put any effort into their hunt other than getting up early on a Saturday and going and, and trying to find a deer or a turkey or whatever um, for a day or two. And then maybe a few weeks later, they try again. This goes on for three or four years. They get frustrated and they quit hunting. They sell all their hunting gear and, you know, it's an age old story. This is, this is very much a common thing. And so what I want to leave you with, if you are serious about being a hunter, if you're serious about this and this is going to be your lifestyle and you're excited and you're passionate, time is what notches tags. It's not some special piece of gear. It's not a specific caliber or a rifle. It's not some, uh, you know, high understanding of some particular animal or a secret honey hole hunting spot. It's none of those things. It's time. When you spend time hunting in the woods, you learn something every single time. And many times you'll learn multiple things. Time is what's going to put you in scenarios where you and that wild game species is going to cross paths. I don't mean to sound redundant, but I really want to drive this one home. It is time over anything else. I've, I've seen this over and over and over again in my life where people do not commit the proper amount of time and then wonder why they don't have a filled freezer at the end of the season. They didn't put enough time. Time is what will kill animals in your favor. Guys, thanks again for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, Shoot me a message if you have any questions, and I'd love to hear from you. Thanks a bunch. I'm looking forward. uh, We're going to be releasing these probably two to three times a month, this this here uh, bonus series. So this is uh, episode one, Why Become a Hunter. Have a great week, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you soon. made it all the way to the end thank you so much for tuning into the show we sure appreciate your support this is jim huntsman signing off and reminding you to check us out at instagram at the western huntsman and on facebook at the western huntsman and you can also check out the website at thewesternhuntsman.com thanks again we'll see you guys next time stay western and i'll see you on the mountain